Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2020. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. And tonight, how's everybody doing? Have any nations invaded? Have I invaded any nations? Well, that too, <laughs> sure. Uh, no. Not... No. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, nation of germs has invaded my sinuses. Oh no. Did everything <laughs> yeah. change? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, everything <laughs> changed, but hopefully, you know, there's going to be some sort of salvation coming. Yeah. Well, hopefully what makes you feel better is reading an Avatar The Last Airbender fanfic. Well, I guess I guess if reading it was going to make you feel better, you'd already feel better because you already read it. Well, I do feel better okay. having read this. I, I will say that. That's good. Just, you know, it's... There's some things that can be fixed by an omnipotent superbender and some things that just can't, so. I, I mean, you say omnipotent superbender. The thing is, no, going, into, really. yeah, going yeah. into Avatar, I was always kind of surprised by, like, I mean, it's cool you get to bend all four elements, but, like, mm-hmm. that doesn't seem like as big a deal as you're making it out to be, because you could also well, just have, like, four benders. And so then there's, like, the spirit world conversation thing, which is the bigger deal, right? Mm-hmm. But that also isn't really like you know when he fights ozai it's not because he's talking to spirit world and getting spirit world allies or anything well it's not only just being able to bend all four elements it's being able to bend all four elements at master level at the same time right okay because if you think about how quickly ang's able to master each element and like surpass the masters who've been teaching him talking about the uh uh, avatar fight with with Ozai mm-hmm. in, in the Avatar state, then it is just switching between all four elements seamlessly mm-hmm. um, with, th- with great success. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems cool. It's cool. It's, it's like a, a Pokemon that's all that has all the type advantages, right? But it's like a, none a, of the weaknesses. It's a dragon type. Yeah. Well, he'd just be spamming <laughs> water then <laughs> if he's fighting fire. Yeah, but no. Mm. The advantage but of a, still, none of the weaknesses. The advantage is, is of a big move set in Pokemon is that you just have the move for the occasion. Yeah, but it's not Pokemon; it's a martial arts analog. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know, it is. So it's the the enemy you know how to fight really well, so you change your styles then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like you literally change your strengths and weaknesses basically mm-hmm. if you want to do a a Pokemon <laughs> thing. That's what I was going. So for. why are we Never talking mind. so much about Pokemon, Amato? <laughs> <laughs> what else would I talk about? <laughs> I mean, I can talk about this old like, martial arts-themed CCG that we got, like, a box set of, you know, for, like, cheap after, you know, the, the CCG crash. And one of the mechanics was definitely you, like, changing your stance, but it was super boring, because it was, like, boring stances. Not, I don't know. It's not boring. Stances are important. <laughs> <laughs> it was also just a total magic ripoff. Right. I've always wanted to, like, get a bunch of those magic ripoffs and just, like, have everybody play different card games against each other. Because, like, <laughs> the mechanics are so the same for some of these ones. Like, in sure. these martial arts ones, it's like, yeah, okay, I play a fighting, and I tap it for, for fighting, and I play a punch. Your turn. <laughs> and then, like, next turn you deploy the punch. Like Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the point is... Uh, We're talking about a shockingly new Avatar The Last Airbender fanfic. Yeah, just yeah. for you, Dom. It's a going-away <laughs> present. Because you're not going to be here for the next three weeks. Yes, for the next three recording weeks, I'll be busy doing Midsummer's Night's Dream at Hillsborough Artist Regional Theater. Mm-hmm. And by the time this comes out, I think the run might already be over. <laughs> mm. Everyone can just regret that they missed it. Right. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's open. I was going to say open source, but <laughs> there's no copyright on Shakespeare, so we might have a video somewhere. Hmm. Oh, That's yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Hopefully with better sound than, like, the old high school play videos. Or this podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... You can just make sure that the show is well-miked. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I figured that since, you know, a long time ago we did an Avatar story from 2006, we mm-hmm. could probably do an Avatar story from 2007, mm-hmm. a year plus later. Right. Why not? It's okay. I mean, we're in 2020 now, which means we can extend the the dates there, right? Yeah, in the cold, harsh light of 2020, we can examine what we could not in the cold, harsh light of 2019. Correct. <laughs> it was just too soon. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, finding old Avatar fanfic is not super hard, um, as I mentioned before. Finding old Avatar fanfic that is not, um, what's it called, Zatara? is harder that is any good i feel like we've picked up this disdain for zatara just from like talking to dom but like the last story we read was zatara and it was really good i just like to remind us i'm not saying it was a bad story but i just i don't like that couple and i i feel like i expressed why i didn't like that couple in the last episode (laughs) yeah okay i mean it was good prose yeah 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 wasn't good shipping (laughs) exactly i think we all talked about this there's no need to talk about it anymore Okay. It's so funny though. In my um, research of this, like somewhere later in this fanfic, the author mentions watching um, the latest season three trailer. Mm -hmm. So I tried to go back and find it to see. I did too. I watched that trailer. I I can't couldn't remember what when Mm. they came out when, but I watched this one um, that was recorded. Like I'm sitting in an audience recording the trailer, Mm -hmm. so I got to see the the fan reactions also. Mm -hmm. And this trailer, I I I can't blame the Zutarns for this one. They they cut it. Where they every moment where uh, Katara and Zuko were holding hands or like catching each other or like look or really? like looking at each other and they they cut it specifically like that. Mm. That's quite bizarre. Wait, I watched the trailer with the my uh, kiss Zuko mm. kiss. Yeah, there's a different one. Yeah. Oh, okay. But with the audience reaction, like the audience ate it, ate up every split second of that footage. There, there was that they were yelling and clapping. Mm. <laughs> I was like, you. Fuckers. Nah. You're trolling hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's nothing like that. It's like those, like the scenes but, from like the Southern Raiders where like they stand next to each other and do something. Mm. <laughs> it was like a flash of that. Hmm. Yeah, they knew so what they were doing weird. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I do feel like when I was watching Avatar, it was the, I said this before, it's, it's kind of the expected pairing if you're going for something that's like boring and traditional. So they didn't mm-hmm. do that, which is good. <laughs> but I guess they really did definitely wanted to make you think that they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to trick you. and We're going to make you think. And then look at how different we are. But why, though? I mean, it's only, I don't know. It's only disappointment. You're disappointing it's, your fans. <laughs> I know. I, it, I feel like it's unnecessary. It's like just be different. And accept that you're different. Don't, like, try to point it out by, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Also unnecessary because even if they hadn't cut it like that, that would have been the result that had come out anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as noted then, this fanfic started being published in July 2007, mm-hmm. post-season 2 of Avatar, pre-season 3 of Avatar, apparently pre-trailers of season 3 of Avatar, though those come out later uh, on. Well, it was a Comic-Con. Which was what month? Uh, summer. I don't remember which one. But. Oh, so probably not that late. And not that further in. Like yeah. July and or August, probably. In addition to having good fanfiction.net metrics, I you know saw this recommended one or two other places. Uh, I think it's on the the TV Tropes fanfic recommendation page and like another couple lists of stuff. So I had reason to think it would be good. Mm-hmm. It is Brothers in Arms by 
Fuzzy Tomato was the author's name. Mm-hmm. And they, they made a, an odd move. I feel like usually when people are done with fandom, you know, and just, like, don't want to deal with it anymore or whatever, they remove their accounts. Whereas this person just renamed their fanfiction.net account to no longer posting on this site. Uh, which well, was fun for the uh, yes, for I the see that. file I had. <laughs> yeah, Brothers in Arms by no longer posting on the site. I mean, all the fanfics are still there. I mean, it's Sir not appearing in this film. Right, exactly. <laughs> they just want to make it very clear going in, if you're reading their fanfics, that they're not posting on fanfiction.net anymore, no longer writing fanfics, I guess. I appreciate that notice. I don't know if that's the right spot for it, but it's a right. nice spot. Right, I mean, you would... You could, like, edit the first chapter and slam that, like, at the top of the things while still maintaining your internet handle. Mm-hmm. It, it just seems right. like a, it, it's just a move I haven't seen before. It's changing <laughs> your handle but leaving all the fanfics. Well, it, it's kind of like changing the like, author of a book series, you know? It's like changing <laughs> your um, your pen name to no longer writing. <laughs> but, like, not just for the next, like... Just like for all the the previous books you've written, every new edition that comes out is by no longer writing or something. The, the collected you know works I mean? of like, long since dead. Yeah. Have right. you read a uh, Have you read Catcher in the Rye by no longer publishing any works? <laughs> <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes by I'm done with this industry. <laughs> uh, so, do we know anything else about the author? I lo- know like nothing about this author. Okay. I mean, you know, besides what is publicly observable. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, is there anything on this, their bio? No, empty profile. Of course, of just, course. By the way, I'm just going to refer to the author as no longer posting on this site from now on. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the handle that they chose. Right. right? That is the name they've assigned to themselves. <laughs> no, no. Th- I know that wasn't their intention, but... I mean, maybe it was. Maybe I don't it know. Was. I don't... I, by the letter, that's how it is, and it, it's amusing. So, yeah. Yeah. so anyway, uh, active 2005 to 2010 on fanfiction.net. It's all... Um, Andromeda, whatever that is, moving into Avatar, whatever that is, uh, a hey. Merlin, <laughs> a Merlin story, a Twilight story. That's about yeah. it. I, you know, not to linger on this too long, but I yeah. do wonder if maybe people were just like kind of hounding this author so much to to post more on fanfiction.net that they felt the necessity to change their name. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. maybe so. There's got to be a reason. Anyway, moving on. Um, and so, this story, it is... Uh, they, they kind of s- talk about their intent at the very beginning. They're saying there's lots of season three fan works out there, which would be interesting to read. I haven't <laughs> run into any of them. But this one's not intended to be like their own season three, but it's still a story leading out of season two. And, you know, that's a fine distinction. It's just that, like, I guess some people were trying to, like, conclude the story as fanfic. Right. It just mm-hmm. makes it a fanfic as opposed to a fan season pr- projection. Right. It's not like the Gargoyles story we did where it was just trying to, like, follow up from um, the first episode of the Goliath Chronicles, like people do. Man, I just forgot about the Goliath Chronicles, and then you brought them back, Amato, and... Uh, Everyone yeah. seems willing to accept the existence of the first episode of it. <laughs> anyway, so Brothers in Arms, it starts with, you know, like, everything went to shit at the end of uh, Season 2. Mm-hmm. And in this story, basically, while everyone else is escaping... Um, What's his name? You know, that that guy, uh, Sokka. Yeah, Sokka. He, like, stays behind to give him time to escape. It took me a moment, okay? (laughs) Just a moment. Right, because, like, they don't appear much in this fanfic at all. (laughs) The uh, Sokka and Zuko buddy story. Right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, he stays behind to give everyone else time to escape, like, with Wounded Aang on 
on um, Appa, Appa. Appa. Jeez, it's been a long time. I'll give you that one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Appa, it's mentioned in the story many times. Yeah, but is it easy to, easier to remember Appa or Yip Yip? Hmm. And so... Both? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed um, that we don't actually get the scene of him holding off the uh, the secret police. What are they called? The Dai Li. The Dai Li. Because the thing that's catching up with them is multiple Dai Li. And I'm just curious, like, I'm sure they would have had a decent action scene of, like, Sokka actually being enough of a distraction for this to be worth doing. But, like, I'm having a little bit of trouble picturing it. What had to have been something, but it would have ended with just shooting shooting the rock gloves at Sokka and getting captured and yeah. bound like that. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So it just would have been uh, distraction movements until then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess so. Anyway, I, I, you, don't, you don't need to be that long a distraction when the other people who are escaping are flying and the pursuers cannot fly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You just need a chance for them to get away. Anything you guys want to talk about, um, about like the premise slash kind of lead into the story? Well, as someone who was lurking on the um, Avatar forums at the time, mm-hmm. uh, this was a weird moment because people were trying to guess what season three is going to be. And I feel like nobody got it because <laughs> everybody was did kind of what they did in this fanfic, which was stay in Bossing Say. Mm-hmm. Well, Bossing Say is such a big deal at mm-hmm. the end of season two. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't looking at the. Uh, I mean, no one saw it at the time. But if you're now that we have all three seasons out, we can see the uh, formula mm-hmm. with uh, season one starting in the Water Tribe, big finish in the Water Tribe, then book two immediately starting in an Earth City. Then ending in the capital mm-hmm. of, of the Earth City, Bossing Say. Mm-hmm. So book three would then have to start start in the Fire Nation, then end in the fire. Well, more uh, more or less, yeah, ish. But they they didn't pick up on that trend, so they 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 try to keep the uh, it's the cliffhanger ending mm-hmm. where they try to resolve everything from the cliff cliffhanger like it was still the same episode, right? Sort of feeling. Mm-hmm. And well, but I mean, like we said, this is not trying to be season three either. No, uh, but it's interesting. You mentioned some of those things like people just like did not expect how it would go. Mm-hmm. There's other things where it's like everyone pretty much figured out how it was going to go. Because one of the early plot threads in this story is, you know, um, Zuko having some some internal angst about his like b- betrayal of Iro and like throwing his lot back in with like the Fire Nation. Iroh. And Iroh. Iroh. Yes, yeah. thank you. I'm, I'm too Japanese. Like, the, the I want the I to be an E sound. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, too much yeah. in the Japanese language. Iro. Iro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, you know, that, that whole progression, it doesn't happen the same way. But, like, they've got kind of the basic mm-hmm. gist. And so the beginning of the story kind of sets up what's going on with the different characters. Zuko is angsting, because that's normal, you know, Zuko behavior. That was a good read, but it was an easy guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sokka's, you know, tortured for information on and off by... Um, Azula. Azula. Great Delisle. It's, it's going to take me a moment. <laughs> By Azula. And I, I like how we're introduced in, like, chapter one to what's going on with Iroh. Yeah. I, I found it very funny. It starts off, like, you know, there's a guard outside his cell at all times, of course. And, th- like, the guard is his tea protege, and, like, that's all they talk about. It's like he gives, he's, like, yeah. set up this, like, one-on-one tea tutoring with this guard. Mm-hmm. Because well, he's so charming. Like, yeah, sure. he charms, actually, multiple guards. Well, right. Well, that's the fake-out that I like, where after, um, here it is. Um, my replacement is here. I will see you tomorrow, General, the young man said as he waved and left. A different young man entered and stood against Iroh's door. 
His expression was sour, his lips twisted into a frown, and his posture slumped as he leaned against the metal. He gave the older man a glare. And for a moment, you think it's going to be like a good cap cop, bad cop kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like the asshole guard who like, is not going to give an inch. But no, this guy's in a bad mood because he had to fight with his girlfriend. And like, you yeah. know, I, and Iroh is like his confidant, like, you know, romance yeah. person. Well, it's go great. To. It's, it's great. So Iroh, and, and <laughs> actually later on, they do something where uh, there's a scene where it's like, the one guard comes 10 minutes early for his shift. He's like, I'm here to relieve you. And the other guy's like, no way, I'm not done talking to Iroh. Like, come on. And he's like, but I want to talk about my girlfriend problem. And the other guy's like, I want to talk about the best way to make tea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, aw. Iroh's just such a great character. Like, And I think the author captures the charisma of his personality very well here. I didn't realize that was supposed to be a bait and switch. Because oh, you never thought that anyone would dislike Iroh? Like... You know? Well, someone who's lurked in the fan community, that's the Iroh of the fan community. Just someone who's just infinitely wise and lovable all the time. Uh, period. No, no depth. That That's all that Iroh is to the... <laughs> yeah. In like a simple way. So just... Hmm. I wasn't expecting a lot of depth from, the, depth from this fanfic. And so that was a obvious characterization of Iroh. Hmm. So it was very obvious. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying. Um... <laughs> I do, I did, like, one thing I was thinking, though, like, if you think about season three, mm-hmm. one thing that struck me right away about Iroh is Iroh's story arc in season three is pretty, like, awesome and intense, mm-hmm. and obviously the author didn't have access to season three, mm-hmm. but yeah, not having that Iroh kind of falls by the wayside as, yeah, your, your generic, wise, lovable dude, Well, th- but he's a great guy. There's know, a few so. characters who are really clearly kind of in their default gear in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say the one who who jumped out at me most was Ty Lee, who, mm. like... No, Ty Lee was no character... Yeah. yeah, no yeah. thought given whatsoever. No, 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 no th- th- that's what I mean. Yeah. It's just that, like, the, the author didn't really have anything to go with besides her season two anyway, and they yeah. didn't try to go anywhere else. So it no. was just, like, one track, like, you know... Not that she's an important character. She just shows up peripherally a few times hitting the same notes that... Like, over and over. No, I was a little disappointed in Tylee's characterization. Like, yeah, she doesn't show up very much, but when she does, it's like... It's always, Sokka's cute, I'm chipper. Yeah. I don't really have opinions about what's going on. Like, surprisingly one note for how little she appears. Like, that (laughs) happened twice in season two, I think. Right. And that's all Tylee's character was. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Even though that wasn't all of Tylee's appearances and actions in the show. Mm -hmm. by, By season two. No, but, like, I I don't remember a lot of them, you know? It, like, the, <laughs> the interesting things on, with her only happen in season three, and even though it, then it's not like she gets a lot of screen time. Yeah, well, and it's, it's really good to point out that a lot of, you know, yeah, Azula, Tylee, and May, a lot of their character beats happen in the season the author hadn't seen yet, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I'm I'm talking to someone who's seen the show a lot and rewatched it a lot, and mm-hmm. I it's hard for me to get back in the mindset because I think even back then I w- would have watched season two multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems, o- <laughs> I don't want to say it seems obvious to me, but it seems apparent. <laughs> yeah. It probably Actually, is hard to get that vantage point back though. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I don't, even though I watched, I watched Avatar like less than a year ago again, I don't remember exactly how season two ends. Season two ends in the cave. and Yeah, uh, in the cave with the betrayal, and, and right? And dies, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
So, but where are... Well, yeah, I guess... Never mind. Uh, I was just thinking, like, where... Well, we can talk about specifics, but... Yeah, The fanfic sure. quickly moves on for that point. Yeah. It does, yeah. So and there's no point. Speaking of quickly moving on, we should probably, like, try to reach the main premise here. Let's do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, Sock is in the cell next to uh, Iroh, and, you know, they get along because Iroh gets along with everybody. And uh, Zuko's, like, not sure about, you know, how he feels about anything, but that's okay. And... At one point, Azula gets like a message from their father and like reads it and burns it in front of, um, in front of Dante Bosca, in front of Zuko <laughs> before he can he, he can read <laughs> oh, it, which yeah. is just kind of a jerk sibling move. But also, but... Uh, it turns out that apparently the Fire Lord ordered Zuko killed. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I didn't quite get why. I guess just like he's uh, too unreliable or something. It's. Again, all the character information you have of um, Ozai as of season two. Yeah. Which is, all you know is that they were a shitty father, burned mm-hmm. their kid. Um, yeah. Did they have the flashback by this point? Yeah, I think so, with the turtle ducks. I, I where, can't remember. Where Ozai schemed to uh, take the Fire Lord position. Probably. And just and didn't pay attention to Zuko at all, and that's all they have to go on. Yeah. So it's not a bad conclusion with the information at hand the thing that changed it in season three was the azula move of crediting zuko with killing the avatar and that elevated zuko's status and oh, yeah. with the relationship with ozai so without that then this kind of makes sense okay yeah and, and that kind of makes this seem like a simplified version of season three in a certain way yeah and then to get the plot kind of moving a new character is introduced mm-hmm who is like working as some kind of servant in the earth, um, in the earth, what do you call it? Castle or yeah. citadel? Place where king live. <laughs> in the place where king live. Yes. Um, and what's that guy's name? Jean? Rin. 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 Something R I. Something I N. Yeah. Yes. Rin. Yeah. Rin. And the author mentions that they didn't intend for Rin to be to stick around in the story as long as he did, but he kind of does. He's kind of like an older Earth Kingdom guy, mm-hmm. and. He's clearly some sort of spy or agent for some sort of other source that that doesn't really get like gone into a whole lot, or but, like a mysterious backstory that they're atoning for but not talking about. Yeah, yeah. we get all we get later on in the story is that like he's had kids who died in the war also. Yeah, and, like adult children, adult and, son, and he seems to have enough. Yeah, who died in the war? I think he seemed to indicate more than one child, unlike uh, unlike well, Aro, But they said they used to be a parent. Okay, so it's not clear. Well, but then they, yeah. What he also says is that his, like, it's very much specified that his son went to war and was killed in the war. So mm-hmm. he had an adult, another adult child who was killed in the war. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not sure. Which would not be an uncommon situation. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, he's kind of spying around. Like, he's the one who tells Zuko, like, hey, actually, your sister had orders to kill you. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that mm-hmm. sort of, like, helps Zuko bust mm-hmm. out Iroh to escape. Except yeah. that Iroh insists at that point, when the rescue cavalry arrives, that Zuko take Sokka instead. And the reasoning <sighs> there is that, you know, Sokka's young, Sokka is a companion of the Avatar, and, you know, like, the Avatar needs him. Well, this is immediately after the torture session where Azula burns a chunk out of his stomach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is what's... We- I was gonna say that. That's what's weird, is Sokka's, like, super fucking injured. Yeah. Like, he is not okay to go anywhere. Like, I don't... Well, the alternative is staying and let Azula finish the job. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably what Iroh's suggesting. But the fact that 
I guess Zuko just respects Iroh enough to, to go with that. He's not given a choice because Iroh's not going oh, right, anywhere, really. That's yeah, true. There's a couple of, yeah. of those moments where it's like so. someone stays behind to sacrifice and the characters go along with it because... I'm a little bit story. surprised, yeah, even just with Sokka's sacrifice, that like yeah. they didn't turn right back around. Like, <laughs> I mean, If you look at how they worked in the show, they wouldn't have done that unless there was a specific reason to or you mm-hmm. know they were going to maybe die under Lake Lao Guy. <laughs> right. I, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying that like turning back is a good idea. Like, I mean, when you have the Avatar and, like, you need, like, that, yeah, prioritizing the Avatar makes sense. It's just not what Katara and Toph would have, mm-hmm. that's not the call they would have made. Also, if they were that close to the to the Sky Bison, then couldn't they just gone on the Sky Bison and gone? Yeah, yeah you'd think. Yeah, it, yeah it's, it practically didn't make a lot of sense. Well, and it's, just to, like, briefly cover, yeah, the, the kind of confusing parts is it does happen really quickly that Zuko realizes his father actually had malicious intent to him mm-hmm. and then he very quickly takes Sokka on as a companion and kind of turns against the Fire Nation. Well, the and, Sokka thing is partly because he's specifically guilty at betraying Iroh and so he's inclined to like do what Iroh says even mm-hmm. though yes. you know even though he doesn't like it. Right. However, there's also like a a part where it's talking about his thought process where he like suddenly has a character turn and realizes how bad all this is, you know? And, and it's obviously, you know, in season one and two, Zuko's been building up to that. Yeah. But I do think the more drawn-out way it's done in the actual season three yeah. kind of makes more sense. Like, he's kind of like, oh, oh my gosh, everything I've been thinking and doing is wrong all of a sudden. And I feel like that would make more sense if he was, like, I want to save my uncle rather than, like, I want to do this with Sokka. Right. That being said, he's not still not a fan of Sokka, but he's all of a sudden like, oh, the Avatar is not someone I want to hunt and chase. And that yeah. happens pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it's a progress that doesn't make as much sense in a season three that doesn't have the beach episode. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, my real regret comparing this to season three is that we don't get a scene of Zuko uh, psyching himself up to introduce himself to the Avatar and friends right. and being like, hey, Zuko here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well my main regret of this not being season 3 is we didn't get it that's rough bud oh yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so however it is really impressive that the author parsed exactly kind of where they were going to go in that season and I mean, exactly where it, like, Zuko was going to be that was pretty of, obvious yeah, yeah. But, but, with season 2 Zuko's arc was moving away from what they'd known and established but not at the end, not being ready to abandon everything that they'd grown up with quite yet. Correct. <laughs> and I still think that, yeah, the author tries to, like, move through that way too quickly. But... But but then we get, like, we, we're here for buddy adventure. The author's here yes. for buddy adventure. Yeah, and right. that's what we're gonna get. That's the stated intent of right. this fanfic. Brothers in Arms is the title. Mm-hmm. It's not like Zuko's headspace. Good point. Good so we point. should start off by thinking, how would you get Zuko and Sokka to buddy travel together? Yeah, and for that purpose, it, it works. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're put on, like, shoved out of the back of the city in, like, a little boat. And, um, 
you know, everyone's in bad shape because of, like, horrible burn and, like, being lost and, like, their preparations weren't quite right because they expected Iroh to be there. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's various troubles. A sea serpent attacks them shortly into well, it. It's the serpent that's from the Serpent's Pass episode. Yeah. It's a serpent, but they're not in the Serpent's Pass. No, but the, the serpent is in that bay, though, mm. next to Bossin Say. Oh, right, right, right. It's that, oh, I didn't realize it was the serpent, but you're completely right. It's that serpent. Well, even in the first episode of season three, they have a little, in that little time skip, they explain that, that they got a boat, sailed past the serpent, and moved on. Right. So, so that's canonically <laughs> there. <laughs> that's what it is. It makes okay. me wonder how those all those refugee ships got in and out so easily all the time. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, serpent vendors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, a water bending sub skill. I mean, that's the benefits of a soft magic system, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, obviously... Zuko's taking Sokka because he promised he would. Sokka is with Zuko because um, he's badly wounded and can't kill Zuko or whatever. Well, wants to get out. <laughs> wants to get out. Yeah, he yeah. wants to escape because he wants to make sure Aang and Toph and Katara are okay. This being, um, you know, that kind of story, like, they start off on very bad terms. Oh, while they're escaping, they also have to, like, fight their way out. They fight Mai and, and Tai Lee and, and such. Uh, yeah. Rin gets captured. Rin gets captured, yeah. Mm. Sorry, Rin. Um, you probably won't appear in this fanfic again, right? Yeah. Actually, he's all over the fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> it's surprisingly still there for the rest of the fanfic. I kind of expected Rin to just die at that point, because like, that character had done what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, <laughs> but then we get more background in Rin, and, I, and after we got more background in Rin, I, I kind of hoped that he'd stick around and we'd get to see him more, but he kind of just like dips towards he's, the very end. Towards the very end. I mean, most for the most of the fanfic, he's there for he's Zuko, there. For Iroh to have someone to talk to. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, and speaking of things to talk to, at the boat we get like our our baseline relationship with Sokka and Zuko, and I think there's some good writing there, like with their character oh, yeah. voices. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of the part where you know Sokka wakes up first, like the, their first night in the boat, and that totally annoys Zuko, and like is you know steering the boat. Do you even know where we are going, Zuko ground out through clenched teeth? Yes, we're going straight, Sokka replied without turning. Straight? That's not even a direction. Sokka slowly twisted around and pointed a finger at Zuko, his blue eyes narrowed. Hey, we are in water. I'm Water Tribe. This is my jurisdiction. When we get to pillaging and killing, then I'll defer to you. And I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, it, that, that's good banter. <laughs> I, I could hear that in, the, in that voice. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they, they do have a lot of banter. And then, as you mentioned, there's the, the whole sea serpent attack, which is when Sokka gets a chance to save Zuko. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird because what happens there is the sea serpent rears up and Sokka tries to defend them by waving an oar at it. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was really kind of hilarious I actually almost didn't parse it the first time because at the end of the chapter, Sokka's waving the serpent off with an oar and it's leaving. Mm -hmm. But then at the start of the next chapter, their boat's being destroyed. Oh, you didn't get that line? Um, because the serpent turned around and like smashed it with yeah, its tail. Yeah, total accident. Yeah, total <laughs> accident. And then Sokka has to dive in and save Zuko. So once the Zuko's been saved by Sokka, now there's like this whole owing thing this debt mm -hmm. of gratitude and of life and blah 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 and it's i don't know i think they do that pretty well with like how their relationship is uh they have to start by owing each other something you know the they can't I, just start by having an honest conversation or yeah at, at this point their relationship is still pretty antagonistic and that right that red is true i think mm -hmm. I, 
but yeah, I'm looking at chapter um, eight here. And for what you're talking about, Tori, there's another part that I wanted to read where I thought mm-hmm. like the writing was was cute enough. Sure. Um, here we go. They're not... Sokka realizes Zuko's like maybe trying to be nice and just kind of like doesn't know how and that sort of thing. There we go. Uh, Zuko steams a blanket and tosses it to Sokka. Here, he said quietly and tossed it to Sokka. Sokka easily caught it and looked over to Zuko. Making sure to meet his eyes, he tried to be sincere and tried to express the real gratitude he felt over being rescued from Ba Sing Se. Thanks, he responded. <laughs> and then shortly yeah. later, um, he tossed some, some jerky to Zuko. Zuko caught both and realized just how hungry and thirsty he was. As did Sokka, he looked over the fire, made sure gold met blue, and tried to convey his heartfelt gratefulness at being saved from drowning. Oh, yeah, because they frequently... <laughs> thanks. Yeah. They frequently mention the gold and blue eyes they both have. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Gold and, met blue, yes. Anyway, it's just cute because, yeah, with these two characters, definitely, um, no matter what they're feeling, expressing that's going to be a different story. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's a cute pairing that way. Mm-hmm. And not to say pairing as in the author's trying to set them up romantically, because they're not. No, they're clearly not. But I almost feel like this would have been a better setup mm-hmm. for... Uh, for a romance, I, I was thinking that further on the fanfic, I was thinking, like, how much more work would you have had to do to make this a romance? Not that much more. Not no. that much more. <laughs> and, and the amount of work the author puts into it. Like, I'm not saying... There's ways in which I really appreciate that all they wanted to do was establish a friendship between mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Like, they were interested in both characters, and they thought they'd be good friends. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sweet. But it's just... It's, it's a little unexpected, too. You, you'd think they'd go the extra minute for romance. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'm actually maybe more happy that they didn't, because it doesn't feel as forced. Yeah, and I mean, it's a good balance where, like, you've got some things that they have in common, like that sort of, like, um, you know, male performance things with, like, yeah, communication and stuff. Totally. Or, like, the, the father relationships weighing heavily mm-hmm. on their sense of self. But they also have this Bert and Ernie vibe where, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, like, Zuko being Bert. And Sokka being Ernie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, um, they're identified. Yeah. And, and Wait so, a second. And, and, so it's, <laughs> and so it's a fun, like, you know, back and forth a lot of the time, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, for me, it was hard not to just think about the Boiling Rock episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, also a really good episode. Yeah. For similar Great reasons. Episode. Yeah. And, and speaking of That's Rough Buddy, one of the things <laughs> the author is sure to do is, like, the author specifically has the moon be a presence in the fanfic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, you know, with the implica- the specifically stated implication in the author notes of, like, you know, Yue looking after Sokka. Mm-hmm. And it's like, just like, Sokka never never forgets that, like, the moon is this person that he knows <laughs> that he had a crush on. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's it, the moon is always Yue to him. Yeah. And that's that's just, like, a fun thing to kind of, like, have be something that's going on with him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something I think they also did in season three pretty yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Where, like they would talk and just have Sokka and the moon like just framed right and then like the conversation changed <laughs> yeah it's sweet yeah because you know I, I really always really I really liked Sokka's character and I felt like the fact that he's used for comic relief so often can in like some ways like bog down the character well um, aren't all the characters used as comic relief at, at some point yeah but Sokka like the most for yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, there's still, I don't see the most as that much of a difference. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I I guess I kind of felt like uh, it's more important to like 
remember Sokka's character beats and like personal moments because I really do feel like he has used his comic relief the most. But I, I don't think to a detriment of the character though. Mm-hmm. When, when they still need need to, they take the character seriously and still like and trust them. The, yes. The, the yes. author in the author notes is a couple of points like, yeah, Sokka's so badass, especially having seen like the the season three trailer. Yeah. I feel like people appreciated what. Sokka's bringing to the table, and the author a few times is trying to write plans, Sokka-style plans, mm-hmm. and, or like at one point, um, we we cut back a couple of times, like Katara and and Toph, and then like eventually Aang once he kind of recovers enough to be conscious. Mm-hmm. And there's at one point where like, in addition to missing her brother and like being upset that he's gone and maybe being tortured or dead, um, Katara also has a moment where she's like, oh, being the idea person is tough, like deciding what to do, yeah. and like. You know, that's not something Sokka has a problem with. He is, like, deciding to do something and committing to it, right? Right. Yeah, and I think that was kind of insightful, because the show itself did the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. uh, Sokka's master episode. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think what the show did was be like, oh, what does Sokka bring to the table? Ideas. And I think that was a great idea for them to do that for him. Huh. <laughs> but point being is that um, before that, I think they were using him more for comedy. Well, he's definitely continue to do that. comic relief in the group, but he's not only comic relief. No, and I, that's what I like most about his character. Yeah. It's just, I think it, it could get bogged down if you don't keep well, identifying those, those you're other qualities. You're talking like it's too much or it's a negative thing, kind of. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that. I just think that... Um, you're glad that they went to other places with him, too? I mean, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Like, I think I relate to him the most, <laughs> honestly. And I think it's hard because the series makes it hard for people who aren't benders to seem super important. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Sokka started out both as comic relief and not a bender, I think they had to elevate the character. And I think you can see the work the creators did to elevate the character into a certain position, but they didn't want to lose his flavor. So I do think think that for certain audiences it would be easy to like lose the flavor of the character if that makes sense if you're not paying attention i think yeah. yes if sure. you're not paying attention if you read yeah. him at too surface level mm-hmm. um anyway backing up a bit speaking of like character beats from the show we get this you know kind of travelogue buddy thing with zuko and Sokka as they like learn to trust each other more mm-hmm. and they're like escaping from a lot of things at one point, they have to steal, or not steal, but not have to, but Zuko does steal a, what's it called, horse? A, o- ostrich. An ostrich horse, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? An ostrich horse from, like, in this case, some soldiers. But I was like, I feel like I've seen this episode before. And at okay. another point, you know, later on, they spend quite a bit of time recuperating with, like, a kindly Earth tribe family that, you know, takes them mm-hmm. in, just being refugees and, like, not asking questions. And I'm like, I feel like I've seen this episode before, too. Because it's very reminiscent of Zuko alone, like, some of the stuff that happens mm-hmm. here. Except that it's Zuko together. True. Yeah, yeah, it's a part Zuko alone and part, uh, I forgot the name of the episode, but when Iroh and Zuko first start. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That and, one too. And they steal the two ostrich horses. Right. In a much quieter fashion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this yeah. case, it, it becomes a whole, like, kerfluffle and word gets back to Azula from that. It's a little bit, a little bit contrived. Like, someone reports that being stolen, she's like, it's Zuko. And I was like, is he the only person who steals ostrich horses in, like, this kingdom at war that's in great turmoil? Is Well, he's well, done it multiple times. I think the implication <laughs> is that they're searching in the area they're supposed to be right, something where it right. happened. That's true. Yeah. But, yes. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of PC powers. <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Like, she just knows how these things go, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even the people around her are like, how do you know? She's like, I just know. 
Yeah. The DM would have told me if it wasn't important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I mean, that's not to say any of it's particularly badly done. It's just kind of like, it ends up being a little bit more episodic than I was expecting. Like, for example, there's a point where... Um, well, okay, various things are happening. Like, Azula has set up a parade of traitors as a big event to, like, take both Jean and um, Iroh to be executed into the Fire Nation. Rin. And Rin. Rin. Jean. Rin. <laughs> who's, who's named Jean? Someone's named Jean. No. Okay. In, in the... In, 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 in the fiction, world, in yes. fiction, someone is named Jean. It's likely, but like they named a lot of characters. Like, uh, okay, no. I don't mean an avatar. I just mean in something in, in the world. Oh, in something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Samurai Champloo. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, she's advertising this as a way to draw out Zuko, because he's like, "Hey, we're taking these to a ship. These people to a ship, like like the Dragon of the West, to go execute them in the Fire Nation." Because mm-hmm. she figures that Zuko won't be able to stay away from that. And anyway. Um, I'm just thinking of the scene where, like, Zuko goes into town and... To find the grandson of the person that's taking care of them after getting lost and injured in the right. forest. Which is, you know, a questionable idea, but he gets found out by people who try to take the bounty. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Sokka ends up kind of having to come in as cavalry and save him. And the author says, like, it was really hard for them to, like, come up with a way to resolve that situation that was sufficiently Sokka-style. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like they did a pretty good job after, mm-hmm. like, the work. He starts, he finds various ways to lure off a couple of people and then like a bluff and then like, you know, yeah. and, and some extra bluff, like, you know, it, it works out okay. Yeah. But it's like, that doesn't end up going anywhere specific. They make it back home okay and then just kind of move on from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of expecting, I don't know, like some of the things that happen just kind of seem more episodic than I was expecting. Like they don't necessarily directly lead to anything. Yeah, I think the mission statement of that whole part was... Um, Sokka saves Zuko. Yeah. So they yeah. had to try to figure out how that would happen. Right. And right. I guess that's the point, huh? Is like these steps in their relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it reaches the point where they get to have the argument over who saved each other more and like who owes who what or whatever. Um, yeah. It's uh, finding kind of a balance, I guess, between the saving for each character. <laughs> so what are the other major beats and plot points we want to talk about? Um, yeah, where are we at right well, now? Well, well when, when Team Aang, when Aang recovers enough, they're like, well, let's go yes. to that bay and meet up with the Water Tribe army, Water Tribe, whatever they are. Yeah, mm. let's go meet Katar and Sokka's dad. Sokka right. and Katar and Sokka's dad. And that's the same place that, you know, that Sokka suggests that they go. Um, and so that's where they're headed, too. Well, it's where um, Sokka was at the end of season two before coming back to Bossin say. No, it makes total sense. Yeah. He's like, well, that's, that's the logical place to meet up. And it was. And so that mm-hmm. makes sense. But they get there too late, and, you know, everyone else already departed, mm-hmm. and they decide to, I, I guess the main thing is that they, they go to save Iroh right after that. Yeah. Yeah, well, at, at this point, um, I kind of missed exactly when it was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. but at this point, uh, Sokka and Zuko are fast friends. Yeah, you, you had trouble um, taking down the moment, huh? Yeah. They didn't really... They had a, the before moment, but a lot of it was um, Sokka spent delirious with a fever and pain and infection. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, there's well, a it, really it, good... It might be... Yeah, you go on. Sorry, I was going to say there's a really good chapter where they they get shipwrecked after the serpent, and yeah, Sokka's got the infection, he's delirious, and they get rescued by this woman mm-hmm. um, and her deer 
pig. Yeah, that, that's for... kind of like we're, we're talking about the end of that part. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's somewhere in the so, end there. Like after they spend that time together being saved by this person, that's but when they, they didn't spend connect a lot of time together with Sokka being conscious. No, that's true, but I think it was more about Zuko kind of coming around to his own thing, and Sokka also has a lot of delirious moments around his father. Which I guess there was just kind there was, of there connect a, a fever moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, when do they have that conversation about fathers? That's probably at, later, though. It's during right after that. Mm, right after that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking that like tending to Sokka while he was wounded and you know that sort of thing was probably supposed to be kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's just at this point where they've decided to go. Uh, rescue Iroh, it didn't seem like it didn't, didn't feel like the friendship had been earned. Right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't sure about the transition, actually. Um, but there was a lot to do with the the great-grandson uh, or great-grandson of the woman mm-hmm. that, um... That, that's what we're talking them. about. Yeah, that was the yeah. rescue in town and such. Oh, right, right. Uh, but, like, it seemed like almost like they're on the same page. But I, I think this is probably what we're looking for. And that is when uh, Sokka's delirious and talking to Zuko as if he's his dad um, mm-hmm. in his mind. And he's kind of describing, oh, yeah, they captured her, imprisoned her in some caves. And Zuko's like, but, but she escaped. Yes, Sokka rasped, but not before he hurt her. Zuko's heart stopped. He slowly licked his lips, his mind racing. He felt compelled to ask, but he already knew the answer. He just didn't want to hear it. It had been him in the caves. He had not only betrayed his uncle that night, but he had betrayed Katara as well. He felt sick. No wonder Sokka hated him so much. They hadn't had much interaction themselves. In fact, he really didn't even know his name until he'd been captured. But Katara and Zuko had engaged in some spectacular fights that usually ended up with one or both of them injured. Sokka had been charged with keeping his younger sister safe, and the firebender had been the main reason she hadn't been. Zuko awkward... And then he, like, he tries to comfort Sokka. And... There, then he goes outside, you know, his mind scattered. I think that's supposed to be kind of a turning point on Zuko deciding to, like... Mm-hmm. That didn't really seem like fences. a turning point. That was just a continuation of uh, Zuko's persecution complex. Yeah, and it's also really not about the two of them. Yeah. They, they have that, that fight. Well, they have the conversation after, like, after Sokka wakes up delirious well, and attacks Zuko. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's more like that. But, like, I feel like we can try to... No, that, that doesn't really work But they mentioned in the fight it's that Sokka's so delirious he might not even remember that that exchange. And it also ends with kind of them being upset at each other still. Yeah, but yeah. then there's yeah. A, no, you're right. a lot more that happens after that with, like... There's not that much more that. A lot, a lot of that happens after that is uh, Zuko getting along with the grandkid. Hmm. Well, but then there's that whole thing where Zuko gets kidnapped. Yeah, that gets captured. Yeah, but that's oh, not did? really... Yeah. So, I mean, but, whatever. Uh, okay. But that's not really a relationship you know that that's an event no i hear you um but i think that's how the story works out like it's a series of and i think the author makes it pretty clear when Sokka talks about sorry when they talk about Sokka and zuko talks about you know the the things between uh how many how many times has each rescued each and there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, the times Zuko makes it like, oh, you rescued me once. Sokka's like twice from the serpent. And he's like, no, it was the same serpent, so it's only once. Blah, blah, blah. So I think the author already sets it up for like how many times have 
each has each one rescued the other being kind of the important thread of their relationship yeah but i'd say so, that breeds familiarity not deep friendship no i so, mean i completely agree that it's but i think the author does a good job setting up that that's what it's supposed to be you know if they rescue each other that's supposed to deepen their relationship but it didn't deepen the relationship before. They kind of just got from blatantly antagonistic to working together antagonistic. But then after this subsequent rescue of Zuko, I feel like things do deepen a little bit. Well, I, I, Am but I no, wrong no, in well, that or? Yes, I, I, I they, think that's the implication, but right. I, I didn't see it. it. It's just for Dom, the fact that we can't point to kind of like mm. a part of the fanfic where like they stopped being antagonistic at all. Oh, is, sure. Yeah. Is what Dom's getting at here is like, it's just kind of, it's just kind of like, switches at a certain point and not oh, only, i completely agree with yeah, that not only not antagonistic just... but really deep close friends mm. yeah no no i mean i totally agree with that it's just i think the only thing i can infer is that it was like literally the amount of rescue situations well, was okay. supposed to build but, but, up to but, a like, point as I, i'm i feel like we're talking about this way too much but like glancing through this just before they reached the bay, I like because I forgot the order that these things things happened mm-hmm. in. They have the conversation about f- parental approval, and like you know that's supposed to be a bonding moment. That is you know mm-hmm. intended to be a bonding moment. It's it's a deep conversation for them, um, and so maybe that's kind of intended to be a turning point in their in how they're. Yeah, here we go. It's the next morning they wake up that Zuko is thinking of Sokka as a friend. Um, as little experience as he had with the word, he was certain after their talk last night that they were indeed more than traveling companions. They were friends. And that that's where you that's where you insert the romance right there, if that's where you're going with this fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, there, I do think there's a buildup of this aspect of Zuko caring for Sokka when he's sick. I feel like that can... Like, he wouldn't put so much care into someone that wasn't important. And they also do this whole thread with how... Uh, what's her name? Minju originally says that they're, you know, they they tell her that they're brothers because mm-hmm. she's a blind woman, this old woman who takes care of them, takes care of them, and there's this whole thread throughout that where it's like, oh, they're supposed to be brothers, but she knew all along they weren't blood related. But then she says something about how like you find family in the oddest places, so yeah. they're trying to build up externally the idea that these two are brotherly. Yeah, I, I didn't see that coming from them though. Or them no, I, I I hear you with yeah. that. I also but don't think you can write off. I do off. see the care that Zuko is giving to Sokka in that. You also can't write off the heartfelt, you know, night conversation and then declaration of in, internal declaration of friendship the next morning. That's kind of what they were going for, I think. Mm-hmm, That's sure. chapter sixteen. And so whatever, it's the last part of the fanfic. That's them. <laughs> like I really yeah. don't care, <laughs> you know, any more than we've discussed it. Um, it's not. It's not deftly done, but, like, I agree. But, like, I think that's... Having looked through it again, that's where we're supposed to find the turning point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I just wasn't earned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so the the last part of the story is the... Well, kind of them, them rescuing Iroh and then stuff leading away from that. Yeah. Iroh and uh, Reen. I remember now. And it it's at least, like, a little bit clever in that Azula's... Azula, like, leads this whole procession of, like, here's the traitors, we're gonna put them on this ship and go execute them, like, all the way, like, down over to the port, and expecting them to attack... To ambush in Bossing Se. In Bossing Se, before they get on the ship. And that never happens. Because they knew that they would be, like, you know, they, Sokka and Zuko, knew that they would be expecting that, and so they actually go and try to bust them out on the ship. It's actually... It's actually more complicated than that. 
it's weird Azula thinking because then Azula would have thought that 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 they would try to break back into Bo- an occupied bossing say right, mm-hmm. and then try to rescue Ira, which I, I didn't follow. I was kind of expecting this like parade to like go through the countryside, kind of like yeah. from town to town or something. Yeah, like that would that would have made more sense to me. Yeah, they expect an ambush on the road somewhere. Right. Yeah, but anyway. The plan is to go onto the ship and sabotage it so it has to like go into port and then bust them out at that point. And it, it kind of sort of works, except that like there's this whole scene where like they're... I, I like that they're, despite being on good terms in theory, their communication breaks down immediately once the like stress of that plan is in action. Mm-hmm. Because basically like Zuko doesn't know how these newer Fire Nation ships operate, even though it, it hasn't been that long since he's been on a... I mean, I guess I guess the Fire Nation technological capability is supposed to be advancing very quickly. Well, it's three three years worth of wartime technology. Right. So that's a big deal. Yeah. He, he and so he's not actually sure sabotaging the ship wouldn't be a problem. It's just they're trying to sabotage it without it looking like it's been sabotaged a- and, enough to justify pulling into a nearby port. And that's that's what Zuko's not able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but instead of like kind of explaining that directly. He takes it out on Sokka, and it's a defense mechanism. And I kind of mm-hmm. appreciated that, like he's just communicating poorly. And he's like, "This was a stupid plan all along." Mm-hmm. And they get into a, a shouting fight on a Fire Nation ship that somehow does not result in them getting, like, you know, found out. Yeah, oh, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> they end up throwing the food overboard or something, which, I mean, when people find out that the food is gone, they figure it hadn't been loaded. I feel like that's a little bit too easy. I don't know. It is a little bit, especially because this is also the key for Iroh and Rin to realize that help is coming. Yes. I, I think that was incidental, but. Right. Yeah, yeah they didn't expect but, Zuko to know, but Zuko I, realized. I don't think it was it. an intended message. I think that was a side effect. But but they knew because yeah. they were like. Because, oh. all, because all the food was gone, but the tea was still there. Yes. Oh. And it w- wasn't just like some of the food, it was all of the food. Mm <laughs> It's like, I feel like if if your ship departed and all the food was gone, and there's someone who's like, ah, uh, no, I'm pretty sure I loaded on the food or something, I don't know. But I, I just feel like people would have been more suspicious than they are, but whatever. I sort of buy it from the source, because the, like, Fire Nation soldiers are kind of not treated very well or taken very seriously. Mm. Like, some of the lower level soldiers being like, I swear I did this, boss, and then being like, you yeah, idiot, that's true. You know, like, yeah, from it seems the like source, you can kind of it, see it. It could have easily been a bureaucratic error. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of brought in by the author to wrap up because Zuko and Sokka and this ship are going into port in a certain town. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Katara and Aang and Toph are heading to the same town for reasons I forget. Because the festival is going through the town and they want a demonstration of how to firebend. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, last time we found a... Uh, well, firebending net masters at a festival. Let's go try yeah. another festival. So they want to find a teacher, but that's fine. Teacher for Ang, yeah. which I feel like kind of happened in the series anyway. So yeah. there you go. And Team Azula is heading there for uh, what's their reason? They're chasing Zuko, right? I guess so. They were just stopping off there. They just happened oh. to. Yeah, and well, so that's what... unfortunate. <laughs> and so what it culminates in is this like kind of back and forth fight between, you know, Azula and, like, the various other factions and or, you know, groups. I mean, they're not different factions. They're all on the same side. And, like, busting out um, Iroh and, and Reen and, like, you know, there's a lot of uh, Avatar fighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. By which I don't mean a lot of Aang fighting. There's not that much Aang fighting, honestly. No. Very little. 
Um, anything we want to say about kind of that climactic sequence? I mean, I feel like there's actually a lot that goes on. Oh, there is. It's a little hard to. It's to, just that to parse in retrospect. Right. Not that it's badly written. I actually think a lot of the fight scenes are pretty well written. It's just uh, I don't hold on to a lot of them very well, <laughs> I, like I, in my memory. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, Zuko and Sokka have the Fire Nation Navy armor that they stole from the first from the same ship, I guess, and then walk onto the ship and walk Iroh and Rin out. Yeah. And then there's various fighting. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, after having gotten dispatched very quickly by Tai Lee several times by this point, mm-hmm. um, by the end here, he's actually got a, a, like strategies for fighting her. Uh, Sokka does. Like, isn't this the fight scene where like he's still got a wounded arm and he just kind of like lets her, lets her disable that it so it no longer hurts? First... Oh, that's the first one. Yeah, we're um, escaping from the prison. Uh had a badly injured leg from even before the torture and mm-hmm. yeah Sokka threw their leg at Tylee to get it disabled so it, so it no longer hurts yeah. I, 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 that was a fun little detail yeah I thought that was clever okay yeah. I'm confusing my fights though yeah um yeah I don't know various elements are bent and <laughs> yeah and so Azula and crew fight um Sokka and, and Zuko and crew particle wins <laughs> then uh, Azula and crew fight Avatar crew yeah yeah and uh Sokka blows the bison whistle. Yeah, yep. which which has been... It wasn't in his hands for a long time, which was a plot point. Um, yeah. Zuko was... Not Zuko. Ira was holding on to it for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they, they escape on on a flying bison, whatever that is. No, I, I remember flying bison. You, you know land bison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember land bison. Yeah, it's like that, but like higher up. Okay. <laughs> it's like a land shark. Yes, except not a shark. Or not land. land. <laughs> so like a it's like basically sky opposite. shark would be like a equivalent to like a space bison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I don't think there's much to say about the fight. I thought it was competent too, Tori. It's just that like you don't yeah. remember the moments. Like there's nothing that we really need to call out about it. I mean, it was no. fine. Yeah, it was fine. It served I mean, its purpose. Yeah, Yeah. the fight scenes, there's multiple fight scenes in this, and they're all really, I think, pretty expertly written. Um, You can read them to the TV show, but nothing stands out about them. Eh, The animation's not quite as good. (laughs) Exactly. That's the thing is that in Avatar, the fight scenes were really well plotted out and animated. Choreographed, yeah. Kind of one of the highlights of the show. So I think if I had to write, write a story in Avatar with an Avatar fight scene... I think I'd go more conceptual, mm. right? Instead of trying to like plot it out specifically, because if I did that, then I I just want to animate it, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's I know exactly how I feel because <laughs> I, I I was like nothing about these fight scenes is bad. They're, it's just they're, I also don't like them that much. Yeah. They don't stand out, and it, it, there's just such a big difference between kinetic motion yeah. and the verbal medium I, i'm imagining I now wish there was more embellishment in those scenes there's actually more embellishment in the other scenes like the right. fight scenes are more straightforward description but it leaves you kind of with nothing as an impression and it's not 
necessarily a criticism. Like, the author describes no. things well. It's a stylistic choice. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to Just... imagine now, like, a, a fight scene from Avatar that I really, really like. So let's say, like, Katara's duel with the waterbending master or something. What, what, it, with the bloodbend? Oh, no. No, no. Well, waterbending at the end, end of season, season one. one. Right. And so, like, that's a super awesome fight scene. Mm-hmm. If I... If you had to write a novelization of that, <laughs> like... That it would be really tough to make it cool in the same way that the animated version is, right? Yeah. You could describe the same things happening and be like, okay, neat, but like, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, like, so if I was writing like a Ty Lee fight scene, for mm-hmm. example, I'd just say like, Ty Lee was far away and then appeared closer, and then the floral blows and some struck, some, you know, hits were struck, and then for six damage, well. roll for initiative, <laughs> well, <laughs> and stuff like that. Just be more, more trying to capture this, the feeling or the sense of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an example of how the author writes, you know, some fights sure. really quickly. Sure. Um, Iron and Zula exchanged blazing attacks, blue and red missiles flying between them, scorching the air, neither gaining the upper hand. Azula completed a spectacular sequence, creating a fierce display of blue fire, only to have it blocked and countered by her uncle. Iroh could see the sweat start to beat on her forehead, and her composure began to slip as she performed intricate move after move, but was unable to bring him down. So it's like, it's not badly described, but there's nothing specific enough for you to be like, oh, I, I held on to that, you it's, know? I can picture it very well because I've seen Avatar. Right. And so, like, I can imagine, like, I, I like I, I imagined a cut over to Azula's face and, like, you know, the sweat and the expression there mm-hmm. when you're yeah. saying that. But Totally. But, but that's only because I'm bringing to it all this visual experience of watching the series. Yeah, and, and like, the descriptions are great. Like, blue and red missiles flying between them, scorching the air. Yeah. But it's not specific enough and, like, intense enough for you to feel that moment. Yeah, talking about, like, an intricate... What was the phrase? Uh, where they said intricate? Yeah. Uh, wait, there's something that says intricate. Uh, let's, Azula completed a spectacular sequence, that creating it, a yeah. fierce display of blue fire. Yeah, it's like L- a lot a, of descriptive words, but... L- like That's in a weird s- spot where it's not quite descriptive enough, but it's not vague mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, I just like to say one more time, concluding this, like, it seems like a rough job to write an avatar yeah. fight sequence yeah so like i, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, what the author totally. the work the author put into it it's just kind of a tough gig it really <laughs> is and it's like nothing about it's badly described it's just to pick on that in particular it's like a spectacular sequence a spectacular sequence of what yeah they don't yeah. say so. okay and so uh, anyway everyone escapes it's like happy ending no one has mm. to stay back and sacrifice themselves to buy time again um at this last point and, you know, people reconvene and... And Iroh and Zuko make it out with the Avatar crew. And, right, and Zuko and Sokka, like, at the end, like, I think... I think Zuko's checking in with Sokka about, like, so we're friends, right, after all of that? And, you know, Sokka's like, well, after all we've been through, we're more than that, we're brothers. And it's like, okay, there's your title. Okay, Thank fine. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is what, yeah, what is it, Mingxu spoke of before, is they were obviously brothers, even though they're not even remotely the same... And then there's also an epilogue, um, which is mostly concerned with Zuko and Katara um, kind of reconciling a little bit. Uh, you, you could feel the, the Zutara inclination in there. The yeah, description. there was a little bit of that, but I also felt Contractually obligated like, to have uh... a tiny bit of Zutara <laughs> in the fanfic. You sign off on that when you post on, uh, you know, a Avatar fanfiction in 2007. I mean, if yeah. I wasn't worried of it, expecting it... I, I wouldn't have noticed anything, but being an Avatar fanfic, you're, you're aware. <laughs> but, you know, it was more about 
Katara, like, forgiving Zuko for his betrayal, which, you yeah. know, they also had to address in season three, too. So. But there was Zuko looking at the beautiful yeah, figure of Katara. No, I know. <laughs> I just chose to ignore that part. Yeah. Also, in the epilogue, um, there, there's a moment where, like, in the background, um, Iroh's training Aang in firebending. And at first I was like, oh, I definitely would have wanted to see that. And then I was like, no, actually, narratively, that's way less interesting than, yeah, than Zuko training mm-hmm. Aang. Because mm-hmm. on the Avatar boards, the question of who would uh, Aang's firebender instructor be? Was, I mean, like, I would have put my money on Iroh. Like, yeah, but that, that would work too well, really. I, not... I know. I, I know that now. Yeah. I just mean at the time. <laughs> at the time. That's where I would have thought things were going. Well, at the time, I think I was just kind of... Uh, content not to have an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have considered Iroh and didn't con- consider Zuko really because I didn't see Zuko making the full turnaround quite yet in, right. in that fashion so who did you put your money on oh I, I didn't I was just enjoying oh, right. the show <laughs> yeah um, I will the say... house always wins <laughs> I will say that uh, predicting Zuko's like full turnaround was like what everyone in the audience wanted to see but actually writing that well, it was quite a challenge, I think, even for the show creators. Yeah. Because I still feel like in season three, it was a little forced in a way. Like, like they wanted to make it hard for Zuko to turn all the way around, mm-hmm. right? But then I still felt like it it was a challenge to, to get the whole synergy of the team working together. Well, and, well I, I mean, be- I think creators could... You could did a good job with it and i think this author also worked hard to kind of create that same idea i just don't know if they got as far with it like they kind of were like oh toff instantly accepts him and you know like there's a lot of like ang does too like there's a lot of that happening at the very end of this right and Sokka, for some reason was the hardest challenge i don't think Sokka would have been the hardest challenge, you know, uh, of accepting Zuko. So, you're I mean, thinking Katara, Momo? Yes. Yeah. They don't, they, they don't leave any time in, like, this Momo-Zuko mm-hmm. relationship here. <laughs> but, yeah, even in the show, they had to really work Zuko into the yeah. group. And they knew yeah. it because they spent, yeah. like, five episodes doing it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and that's what I appreciate about the show. That's one of my favorite parts, but, like, when they split up to go look for something, Toph's like, I'll go with Zuko. It's like, what? I'll, I'll go for Zuko for my one-on-one, you know, life-changing adventure. adventure. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I appreciate the author saw, like, a similar need in this, even though they hadn't seen season three. I just... Mm-hmm. I don't understand why Zuko had to work so much harder to be Sokka's friend than anybody else's. Well, that's just what this fanfic was about. I know, yeah, I know. But... As, as far as it goes, we're at the end of the fanfic. Mm-hmm. I think we can give it some final thoughts. Um, well, I'd actually like to talk a little bit about the um, author's notes. Oh, sure. Mm. The ones at the yeah, very, same, very end? Same. No, throughout the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, for one thing... They're fairly fanfiction.net style. Mm-hmm. Like, and I say that just in terms of like the way the community operated, right? And so you have multiple requests for reviews and comments, right? But the, it was the tone of the requests yeah. which were kind of... The author had really interesting style with this. Like, I felt like they were kind of aggressive to begin with on requesting. Well, I don't actually think they were aggressive on requesting Well, there was reviews. a revised author's note. Yeah. <laughs> but was then, there? like, it seemed yeah, like they what, felt what? really bad about it because they started apologizing for requesting reviews. Yeah, it was uh, weird. For the author's note of chapter 13, hmm. 
Author's note, okay, revised author's note. Didn't mean for people to feel chastised. I just wanted to point out that for the last chapter, the silence was deafening, so I was forced to guess on what, what that means. So I've sped up things. I've cut up some scenes. Please review. Thanks. Thanks again for reading. I do okay. appreciate it. The way you emphasize that <laughs> made it sound super passive aggressive. Yeah, that, uh, that's not the way I read it necessarily. I'll, I'll admit that's totally totally my read, but that's the uh, feeling I guessed. Uh, okay, in combination you, with but... the tone of all the rest of the other notes together. Yeah, mm. no, I totally hear you. Um, but I guess maybe I I just I don't know. I try not. I try to read the best at everything. So, um. I don't know, I, I found this author, like, the author's notes maybe not to be quite as passive-aggressive, but maybe more insecure. Like, maybe they really wanted read and review, and they really wanted that request, and then they felt kind of bad that they, were, they felt like they were being demanding, so they rescinded yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think that's likely the first chapter note at the end. You know, it's it says, keep writing, dear God, stop writing, please remember to let me know, thanks. Yeah. So it's like, it's that insecurity of, like, am, am what I write... Is what I'm writing so bad that like I just shouldn't be writing? But like the difference was with a lot of the other notes, like this, it's like they want authors' notes. But with this one, I got the feeling that they needed authors' notes mm. to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think some authors are like that, and especially in this culture at that time. Yeah, that like they did need the authors' notes. They needed to know mm-hmm. that like people were reading it and like had responses and liked it well, they I, as a motivation thing. And I get that. They mentioned they put a lot of work into this, and they just wanted to know that people were out there reading. But I do think that, though I wouldn't have read it like you did, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um, I, I'm imagining what was so there was a lot of controversial that got changed. In that, oh, you know? sure, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to th- I hear you. Imagine what we didn't read. Mm. I hear you. I do think there uh, there's a lot of redundancy in the author's notes. Like, everything was like, please review. Mm-hmm. I rely on these reviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, 12 people reviewed this time. I need to beat that. Mm-hmm. Like, I need, or I only need 12 reviews to beat my total. Like, there was a Don't lot... Don't forget to review. We're talking about my self-esteem here, people. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that. A lot of that can fly by when you're just glossing those like I was. But, uh, yeah, when you take it all together, it seems like a lot of insecurity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I think that's probably true. I mean, I'm not. There, there probably was. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not one to throw stones, but right. it's like, it's interesting because I, I, I would like to read these sort of things as like the author is dead sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But by the nature of what we're looking at specifically, we can't do that because we're we're not doing literary work reviews. We're doing fan fiction reviews. In order in order for something to be fan fiction, it has to be written by a fan right for a fan community really so the author has to be a part of what we're looking at in this i get what you're saying and on top of that the author is just very very present in this fanfic yeah Mm -hmm. and on top of that yeah we're reading something we're reading a fan work from as we talked about a very specific perspective (laughs) placed in time where like they had this information and not this other information and like you know, we're part of a community that was in a certain pl- state at this certain time. Yeah. And so I know what you mean. You really can't disentangle this one. Yeah. No, yeah, especially because the author's students will often tell you, like, because as this goes on, you see the author being, like, not only a comment on their own work, like, oh, how much Zuko and Sokka buddy did I put in here, but also saying, like, oh, I saw the trailer for season three now. I, I saw the first episode or of the season first three. episode of season three. I saw three. the first five episodes of season three. And yeah. that ends, like, it lends a lot of context. Like, uh-huh. it's kind of important to read the work itself to know that context. Yeah, the chapter 20 author's note, P.S. Season three is looking up. 
Sokka's Master is still by far my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, but it's still a good episode uh, in this season so far. But the Avatar and the Fire Lord, the, run- the Runaway, the Puppet Master are all really good. That's true. Uh, yeah. this, this was interesting because this was, a historical note, this was during the 2007-2008 writer's strike. Mm-hmm. So th- these episodes weren't, d- uh, weren't on um, Nickelodeon at the time. So I, for example, uh, downloaded the Canadian versions, and they yeah. talk about reading, mm. uh, getting the UK versions. Yeah. And also, they skipped the beach episode. Oh, the, yeah. You mean that, like, airing overseas, or what? No. Um, in, in this other note, they talked about the good episodes, Avatar and the Fire Lord, the Runaway, right. the Pup Master. They didn't say the beach was a good they episode? They didn't mention the beach That's episode. That's a really good episode. That's one of the best episodes. <laughs> and it's totally. a very Zuko-centric character-building episode. That's surprising. You're right. Yeah. And they kind of... Um, didn't mention it? <laughs> they didn't mention it. I will say, though, that they don't seem as focused on Zuko's character in this story as they do on Sokka's character. They're also I, Which is weird, too. You, you spend more time in Zuko's head than you do in Sokka's head, though. Yeah, yeah. but... Um, maybe yeah, you're right. You do, you maybe, do. No, 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 actually, maybe you're right. It's just, I feel like Zuko's character beats are the, like, the obvious ones that you you kind of already get. I don't know if that's correct. Also, the, the author seemed upset that... um. Uh, what's their name? Mai and Zuko were a canon couple. <laughs> yeah, and they specifically, the author specifically said, Mai is so apathetic to Zuko's struggle. Angst. Yeah. And uh, angst was the word used, yeah. Yeah, which, what, not a good it, read. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Mai's, like, that's her attitude. For reasons they talked about know. in the beach episode. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so, I don't know. That, that's my fan upsetness coming mm. out. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's been a long time since this author wrote this, and I'm sure they're going to have different things to say in their author notes currently. And of course, they are now no longer posting on this site, <laughs> so... Right. Yes, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> I kind of... Reading this fanfic, I did kind of have a passing thought of, like, I wonder what it would take to set up a, you know collect the data about how much asking for author's notes influences how many author... Sorry, asking for comments influences how many comments you get or got on fanfiction.net or something. Mm. But I feel like that would be hard to parse out. What's the control model? I know. <laughs> well, you post the same fanfic five times. <laughs> yeah. On no. fanfic.net. On fanfiction.net. <laughs> no, you can't do it. Yeah. You'd have to, like, be fanfiction.net and, like, have... You, you would have to comp- show different versions of the fanfic to different users. Hmm. You would have to do one that's not so great where you have to compare a fanfic that started asking for author's notes at one point and see if there was a change in the trend. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, there's enough data that I feel like maybe you could get something out of it. But anyway, then again, maybe you just find out everyone asks for comments. The <laughs> end. Then again, if anybody's going to figure that out, I think we're the group that's going to fund that. <laughs> um, yes, with our huge budget. Exactly. That, that, We'll get our top men on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all the men we have. <laughs> Come here, little men. <laughs> Apropos of nothing, if we ever do get a budget and mm. we don't need it for anything important, like equipment, then what I want to do is fund fan fiction contests like the the Icy Brian, like, you know, RPG ones. Remember, we had that, like, tactics fanfic? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, winner gets $50. You know, I want to, like, pay some people to write fanfics. <laughs> yeah, get, except... Get them to write what we want. Instead of $50, we'll give them $5 million. Well, I've got 50 cents in my pocket, I think. Well, that's a start. We can set something up. Actually, we mm-hmm. need some pop filters. So <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. 
Um, anything else we want to complain about about this episode before we move on to praise? I feel like I've said most of my complaints. Other than that, I just have things like odd characterization things, like how Iroh was looking at Sokka and the the thought of Iroh has was like um, thinking how this young man was, was like his nephew. It's like, no, Iroh's not that one note of a character. Doesn't all, only like he doesn't see every young person like their Zuko. And I also liked that, you know, he, he's, he holds no hard feelings this fanfic whatsoever when like Zuko shows up. Yeah. Not like that in season three, like he's giving him the cold shoulder. And admittedly, that is before, you know, Zuko has a change of heart. I mean, that was interesting because like, the voice actor had died between recording season yeah. two and three. I know, but it's still a more interesting place to take Iroh. Yeah, it was interesting. Like, yeah. yeah. It reminds me, yeah, in, in Utena, how, like, Toga's moping in his room for a season because his voice actor was unavailable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also just a little detail that they try to use Agni as, like, a noun, like, think Agni, mm. which isn't mm. a thing. Agni's just the word for fire. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, think fire. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it wasn't like a deity god thing, mm-hmm. which the fan community only got from the term Agni Kai, mm-hmm. which is yeah. I can't I can't remember what language Agni is, but some Southeast Asian one, and then the Japanese word Kai for meeting, so right. just fire meat. I, I like how I like how they just kind of like throw whatever Southeast East Asian languages you know into the pot and like stir it and pull things out. It's cool because like in different like in any fantasy series they do that for like western european yeah, stuff all the time they throw german french whatever in there sure. so it's kind of fun just to see <laughs> i don't want to say stupid but like kind of pulpy fiction yeah. stuff no i mean that's what they're going yeah. for they're going yeah. for like a east asian culture kind of melting pot like mix in the same mm-hmm. way that western fantasy is kind of like a european like culture mix where it's like yeah oh yeah we're kind of like vaguely english except also like there's these german things and like probably some vikings i don't know yeah, like and also these, yeah. these chinese looking people have like japanese-ish names right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know. I think there's issues with that because this is like a different cultural standpoint. Yeah, but, but they're also not. By but they're also not. But I think they've uh, they've some of those issues by not equating any of the cultures to any specific cultures. Yes. Yeah, like yes. they don't. That's and, true, and they do a good job, especially because each martial art is like very specifically a martial art. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's very like non-popular ones too, which I think is super dope. Yeah, like um, what was Toph? Toph was like. Southern praying mantis style, like pretty something random. like earthbending is actually well, really. Well, earthbending was something else. Toph was specifically Stop, different. No, yeah. Toph is specifically different, but earthbending in and of itself is like a, a very interesting um, Chinese style of martial art. No, I called Japanese style of martial art. So, mm-hmm. um, I I had all of them cataloged at one point, Me whatever too. one was, and I don't remember now. <laughs> all right, but well, anyway, we're talking about a fanfic and we're complaining about it. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, the other thing is, speaking of complaints, though, I will say that like Dom's. I just want to expand. I think I've said a lot of my complaints, but I'll expand one more time on like what Dom was complaining about. Iroh, mm-hmm. as I think a lot of the other characters who like aren't Sokka and Zuko, or even Sokka and Zuko a little bit suffer from kind of the same thing of like being reduced so much yeah. in their role well, and Sokka and Zuko even like are in that same way like serving a specific purpose um Sokka I think is uh, pretty well done but like I feel like they could have done more to expand on him as a character I feel like they're more focused on the relationship between Zuko and Sokka rather than making those characters really complete 
Um, but the writing is good, and they do try. So I also want to mention that it was weird seeing Aang, Katara, and Toph get the shallow character treatment also. Right, I yeah. Mean, that's kind of a nice change of pace, honestly. <laughs> I like I like the author was as little concerned with them as they were, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was interesting to, to see. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you're right. I, I'm not saying like I like that these characters were not treated well. I, I just mean like it's nice that like the focus was somewhere that we don't usually it's, see. Yeah. It's fun to see them get second, third billing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Which I, is why it didn't bother me that much. But yeah, it is a good point that they're just not. And yeah, not well, much there. All these things have come up before, but in one way or another. But I'd say the other thing I want to comment on for complaints is just that it's a little bit lurchy. I feel like in general, and that's the kind of thing you get when you are writing it chapter by chapter. And, you know, just kind of, like, figuring out where to go from each part. But, like, it, it doesn't hang together in some ways, both in kind of the smoothness of character development, Dom, like you were complaining about, mm-hmm. and in terms of, like, uh, the flow of the, you know, the, the, like, story flow, like that line that they make you do in English class in high school, right? Like, the the building up to a climax and, you know, having things. Like, I mean, it, it gets to a climax. It's just the kind of, like, it's kind of up and down and, you mm-hmm. know... Um, and the pacing's not great all the time. But we end on praise. What do we want to praise about the fanfic? There's some good um, character voice moments, I think. Some characters talked like I can imagine them saying in the show, but wasn't directly lifted from the show. I agree. There were definitely times when I was imagining voice actors. Yeah. Mostly for Iroh and Zuko and Sokka. I, I heard some great, great Delisle uh, Azula lines in there, too. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. too. And also some things with, like, with Rin was still the mysterious servant just talking to Zuko, where uh, they said, the servant looked around the opulent room. Cages are made of all shapes and sizes, Prince. Mm-hmm. Just little dropping, little things like that. Mm-hmm. The dialogue tended to be pretty pretty strong in that way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say um, th- there's, like, multiple times when the author, like, said like oh, i worked really hard on this part mm-hmm. something like sokka's you know rescue plan or like some of the fight scenes they're like oh fight scenes are really hard to write but like eventually you know i guess i'm okay with this and i feel like the effort that the author put into some of those kind of shows through i don't feel like those kind of like set piece event things they end up flowing pretty well they don't seem overwritten in particular like i could just kind of i can kind of see the effort in writing in some of those parts in a good way where like i thought that I thought that even if the story as the whole as a whole had kind of like pacing issues or like didn't hang together all that well, mm-hmm. that like individual scenes or sequences often did. Mm-hmm. And also, there's a couple of fun moments there. I'd say are, are Avatar-ish, mm-hmm. like the yeah. fact that Rin was working so hard to like pick the lock on their door. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And they clicked and like, aha, here it is. And they tried to open and it didn't open. And I was like, well, fuck that, I guess. Right. And then, then later yeah. on, then then later on, Sokka comes in. And it's like, hey, your door's open. It's like, no, it's not. It's like. Yeah, you just open it to, like, oh, I was I was pulling instead of pushing. Right. <laughs> it, that was pretty humorous, which, and they, like, built that up pretty well. Which I, I could see that flavor of thing in the show, that little yeah. hum- humorous yeah. moment. It, Reem's actually better done than I expected early on, because you expect him to be kind of, like, too deus ex machina or something, when really, like, he's a competent guy who's useful, but then he gets captured, like, he's not... He's an earthbender, but he's not, like, a better earthbender than any given Dai Li. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's not ultra-competent or, like, you know, ultra-wise or, like, all-knowing in particular. He's just kind of, like, another another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I, I appreciate that, where, like, you know, and then he has, like, a little bit of 
of talk with Ayer where you learn enough of his background to learn, like, kind of where he's coming from. And it's not, like, a super special backstory either. Like, it's like he's got his motivations, but I it's... I was super worried for a moment uh-huh. that was going to be revealed that Rin killed uh, Lu Ten. Oh my gosh, I never even considered that. <laughs> but the author makes this note at one point, it's like, who's Rin? We're gonna find out, and it's like, we never find out who he is. Well, yeah. he's, he's, he's a guy. He's like, just a guy, yeah. yeah. But, so, like, so I thought that, he was that gonna did be, not happen, like, so super that, important. That wasn't a thing, that was an irrational yeah. fear on my part. Right. <laughs> but but the author, like, I think it was, it could have been based on the author's note, where they were like, yeah, oh, who's Rin? Okay. I, I really expected him to, like, have a role other than just being, like, a cool guy who helps people. Like, but, but I appreciate it, because in the end, that in the end, that means the author that made he, it seem that way. But it, it means that he had a role in the plot. He had a function. Yeah, but and then he didn't like kind of dominate it like like, like a new character might if sure. you aren't careful. But you know, I still want to know who he is. <laughs> but well, his name. He was going by the name Rin. He's like a. Well, I know, but like a, apparently there's supposed to be another identity beyond yeah, that. Yeah, you're according right. To the author's he, notes. That's got, all I'm saying. He's got contacts too. He's like yeah. towards the end. He's like, look, on the day of Black Sun, tell the Avatar that like there's going to be an Earth yeah. army backing him up. Yeah, I, I got the impression from the author's notes that Rin was a character the author wanted to dismiss quickly, but mm-hmm. kept around because they felt like they had to. Well, yeah. they, they said at some point, yeah, they didn't expect him to kind of be as large a role as he ended up being. Right. And that happens with writing. Yeah. Whose praise are we on again? Uh, Tori. Sure, yeah. Um, you can definitely feel the like the affection the mm. author has for mm. Zuko and Sokka. Yeah. Which I think is sweet because, you know, I like both characters. And I also appreciate because there's a lot of people who do Zuko in a way that's, like, I just think a little too empathetic. Like, he's kind of a little shithead. Right. And he should be treated as such. And... I think Avatar does a good job in season three of, like, making him come full circle. Hmm. The author hadn't seen season three, and yet they still made a way for Zuko to come around. And though I do agree it was a little, like, or I do think it was a little rushed in the beginning for him to be like, oh, my father's a shit, and uh, blah, blah, blah. He still has a lot of hesitancy about trusting anybody. And, like, Sokka earns his trust despite not really trying to do that. So I do think the relationship between them is really well built, I also think a lot of moments of writing here are really good, and it's the sort of writing I think we've talked about before where it doesn't get in your way. Like, you know, like, we were talking about the fight scenes, like, they could have been more specific, but again, it doesn't get in your way. Everything flows pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are some, like, really nice pieces of writing, and it's kind of hard to call them out because it is that unobtrusive writing that it's not flowery, but it moves the story along fluidly, and everything works. Right. So I think this is a really cohesive story, and I think the author did exactly what they wanted to do. And also, yeah, like, it totally all comes together in the end. They really... I think it's really hard to just craft a story that does exactly what you want it to do, and I think the author did that. Yeah, I think at the end where they had all three groups appear in the city at one time could have felt... Uh, more contrived than, than it was, but it still yeah. seemed, it st- still seemed natural, still seemed Avatar-ish, still seemed right. fun. Yeah. Well, when, you say, when you say natural, it was at least kind of natural in the genre and type of thing that Avatar and it, is. It, yeah. the, I'd yeah. say e- even in the flow of the story. That that too. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I didn't really question. I was like, yeah, that's the kind of thing that happens in totally. Avatar. Yeah. Like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well then... I think we'll close it off there for tonight. And next week, we're starting our Dom Drought. We will... Tori, it's going to be up to you to set up the equipment again. Are you ready? I 
have prepared my body. <laughs> well, I don't think you have to do that. I'm not sure you're doing it right. <laughs> well, I've been speak- training. <laughs> Speaking of your body having special powers, we are going to start reading the classic New Mutants fanfic Kid Dynamo next week uh, nice. with a special guest. Uh, are you, have you heard of the New Mutants? I'm, I mean, I know we're all familiar with the old mutants. Uh, you know, I think the mutants I'm familiar with are uh, kind of middling. They they're not young. They're not new. They're not old. They're just. I was gonna say I, I, I just know the mutants. I don't know the old ones or the new ones. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Well, the irony is the new mutants are quite old by this point. <laughs> that's but, true. Yeah. But then you can't call them new mutants. That, that's illegal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. How about if you have a new movie coming out based on the new mutants, which is old? Can the movie be called The New Mutants? It's called The New Old New Mutants. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Old New New Mutants. Never mind. Can we compromise on Retro Mutant Retrospective? (laughs) See, that's a name that just flows naturally. doesn't feel weird and awkward at all. Correct. (laughs) I mean, that's what I think. (laughs) I definitely haven't... That's definitely what I thought when I said the name out loud to people. (laughs) (laughs) You can find a link to that fanfic at bit.ly slash rfr R-F-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
Just a moment. Mm-hmm. I do this just to make sure Dom's paying attention when editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a <laughs> dangerous game, because if you don't, it, it's just going to be left in. <laughs> mm-hmm. The real danger is if I say anything funny, it might be left in. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think there's much danger of that. So. Okay. <laughs> Touche. 